Hello, my name is John O'Connell, and welcome to AMX Fika Leadership Podcast. So over these podcasts, I'll be speaking to some inspirational and innovative data and analytic contributors from across industry and the health and care sectors. I'll be asking each of them to share with us some of the exciting work they have underway, which is helping to shape the health and care analytics space, as well as asking some of them their motivational insights into their career paths to date. So why FICA? FICA is a social phenomenon in Sweden, I thought I'd borrow. It's a legitimate reason to set aside some really quality time to catch up with friends, family and colleagues over a coffee and a cake. So joining myself today is Karina Kajewski. Uh, we'd like to have you here today, Karina. Welcome. And Thank Karina you. is an analyst at heart. Uh, she's an accomplished healthcare professional with over 15 years public sector experience across analytical services, policy, program management, and emergency preparedness roles. With over 10 years working in the NHS, specializing in effective use of uh, data and information. Until recently, Karina was managing the Incident Coordination Center nationally for COVID-19 and the EUX itself. Karina is currently at IBM, uh, working on translating national policies to drive digital and data transformation in healthcare, which we'll hear more about. So welcome, Karina. Really delighted to have you join AMX Speaker podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. And so most important question with all our guests, Karina, on Fika is Fika is all about coffee and a cake with friends. So what was your preference? Are you a coffee or tea person? What would your cake preference be? Oh, thank you. As you said earlier, I'm analyst at heart, perhaps to be Polish with my rather colourful, unpolished accent. So I should answer black tea with lemon. But I'm afraid it's um, I really enjoy coconut latte. And I really do like Polish cake bake cheesecake with poppy seeds but it's not always available here so um i will go for a carrot cake trying to get my five a day <laughs> thanks for sharing that with us so uh, really great to have you on the bigger uh, podcast and i think as i mentioned before i was really inspired to hear about your recent journey because we both attended the analyst strategic partners session where we were discussing with Ming and Ronnie about realising the sort of future we deserve. And Karina, you mentioned sort of your experience in coming into the NHS and joining uh, data analytics community as such. Would you be able to walk through for our listeners kind of your journey from sort of data through into policy and now into industry with IBM, um, all linked, of course, in, about, into data, but plus the message you mentioned about, which I thought was really, really powerful, about minority groups who may be concerned about you know, language being a barrier to entry. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. It's been a really kind of journey uh, with many asking how have I managed to make the switch from being an analyst to program management, policies, strategy roles, and how I have it now actually in one place at IBM. So the short answer is that data underpins anything and everything we really do in healthcare. So it's a super powerful skill to have to actually understand data. But uh, on my little journey, I think the most interesting was my first role in England um, when I joined North Yorkshire Police. And everyone assumed that you have to have experience of working for police and also have the perfect English. And uh, I love that we're all different. We have different nationalities, culture, age. And when I open my mouth, my accent is equally colourful. Um, so I would like to think that being different helped me actually to get into data and analytics um, in fact, when I came to England, I actually spoke perfect German. 
and so have never imagined moving really to England. German was our neighborhood. And I work um, in a private hospital in Poland um, for a CEO who was also a leader of political party. And when he became a little bit more important, he decided to move to capital city and I found a role in a German company. Ironically, soon later, they really wanted to open to a wider European market. So they actually paid for my English school in Ireland. Um, now I know I couldn't have picked a better place to learn about the cup of, of, cup of coffee rather than a cup of coffee, as we spoke about earlier. Um, but yeah, instead of going back to Poland, I actually ended up in England, uh, living in a famous now Barnard Castle. This was in the area where uh, North Yorkshire Police was, and I applied for a job. And uh, coming new to the country, uh, having not very good English, um, you actually don't know what to do and what job to apply for. So I thought, if I type numbers on my computers and press enter, the computer can't really tell me it's a poor English or an unpolished accent. Um, so yeah, I applied for two jobs in North Yorkshire Police. Some of you might have laughed, but um, on my CV, on my application, I put picture because this is what you do in Poland. And I was told of that uh, all the applications are without pictures here. Um, but yeah, the first job was really about like data entry uh, with an opportunity to practice my English, really. And I realized um, that it was all about entering good data and having a good information. But yeah, it was more about like common sense as well and kind of can do uh, attitude. So um, yeah, what was really on my first application in this country was maths degree and a little bit of economics. Um, and yeah, I just did a lot of research about Polish national system. So this is how I got into like a data world. Um, in fact, I was a first Polish employee with North Yorkshire Police and um, on the exam I scored 100%. So a lot of people came and congratulated me. So um, yeah, it was just really like thinking about the numbers and, and some kind of like basic attitude to like data and the information. And yeah, as I was settling in the UK, I considered moving to a slightly bigger city. Um, and at the time, I considered moving to Leeds or York. And uh, I was offered a role in drugs interventions program. And I started as an officer and then I became information manager. So uh, yeah, changing the jobs, it was, yes, it was something to do with data. I worked for police, so I tried to find something I could talk about when I go to an interview that I was already familiar with. And yeah, I realized I really, really love data and um, had something to kind of like show and how do I get so good data, people started asking. Um, so it was really ability to spot what was unusual about data we had and also putting like a question or problem first. So what is the issue and can we actually identify some numbers that can help us to identify some actionable intelligence? So, um, yeah, when police identify some issue in certain area, I was just going into my data and some looking for potential answers. Um, it was great opportunity also to look outside of just my data world. And this is where I explored working with like social care teams, a lot of charities. Uh, this is when I realized how data sharing is a massive issue. And again, like the poor data quality could actually impact um, on some of the outcomes for our citizens. 
so it's been it's been great working with this multi-organizational um, kind of in organization teams and you know living in a beautiful York I decided to explore okay is there any chance I can find some another opportunity in the area and this was my entry point to the NHS and um, so I actually joined the Yorkshire and Humber Public Health Observatory um, so this is it was now called Public Health England and now it's actually UK Health Security Agency. Interestingly, I was offered a job as a health intelligence analyst and you know I didn't really have like analytical qualifications. It was just like qualification or equivalent experience. So until that point, I had no experience of using statistics. Um, it was really two plus two is four and you just look for some interesting stuff in data. And you could also like go online and check how to do a VLOOKUP. Um, but yeah, I guess I really like the opportunity that was given to me. I could do public health um, master degree. And this is the time when I actually learned a lot about statistics, about difference in like crude rates, directly standardized rates, indirectly standardized rates. And um yeah, the dissertation I wrote at the time led me to another opportunity because I wrote something very, very complicated, which is called alcohol-related hospital admissions and the associated costs by GP and CCG. And at the time, CCGs were created and um, what was quite unique, the way I created it, it was dynamic. So when GP practices were moving between CCGs, um, I could actually shift the analysis and actually present it at CCG level. Um, I have never used fancy tools. I have never used R. I have never used Python. Um, but just using at the time some simple tools allowed you to generate some really useful intelligence. So it's super nice because it's been noted. Uh, you're presenting information to people. They can see they can act on it. So I got like a little message from Baroness Massey thanking for like presenting, identifying good data. Um, but yeah, at the time CCGs were created and NHS Digital published their role to manage some of the national frameworks. Um, so yeah, I joined another NHS organization, NHS Digital, um, when I manage a number of national programs and this is when I also realized national programs, national frameworks are not always giving you the answers you can get at local level. So some of the actionable intelligence are really, really down with the local communities and local teams. So, yeah, it was great experience. Um, I was at the time exposed to some work on UK and US indicators, trying to compare and potentially learn something from a kind of like global uh, kind of like other countries. And yeah, at the time, I also came across um, our partners. So some of the findings I presented um, were to other like industries. And yeah, some of the findings were fully appreciated. And it showed again that picking up the good data and presenting in the right way can actually generate some um, actions. And uh, at the time, NHS England was created. And um, Ming's Tank team approached me and I joined analytics at NHS England. Again, I work quite a lot uh, with Norwegian analytics, so back to the more local data and generating intelligence. 
But at the same time, we have realized data flows and trying to understand all of the data across England was a challenge. Um, so I joined Ming's team on data flows. Uh, you'll be surprised to hear that at the time we identified 360 data sets. And some of them were clinical audits, so of course it's not like huge national data sets, but it just showed the complexity I didn't have in my first job in police. It shows how difficult it can be to link data, but also understand which data is the right data to link. So analytics, it's not something we can learn overnight. It actually requires a little bit of insights and kind of like digging in. Um, during the time I actually joined a meeting on sustainability, um, the topic was quite new to me, but it was great experience when um, some of the directors of NHS Digital were like quite happy to expose more junior staff to give them opportunity to actually learn um, from kind of like more senior colleagues. And this is when I met Emma Doyle. At the time, she was a head of data policy at NHS England. And little I realized that a few years later, I was joining her team at NHS England, working on, I thought it was a fabulous program, developing composite measures like a TripAdvisor rating um, for patients to help them understand the quality of hospital services. And this is when I realized actually analytics, it's not always straightforward, that sometimes creating composite measures can actually uh, mask the actual issues that we would like to highlight in healthcare. Um, it also highlighted some issues around the data literacy, that even me joining the Bevan program, which was about executive leadership in healthcare, highlighted not many people, not many senior leaders could fully understand the data, how to read, how to understand it. Um, but yeah, this was part of my analytical journey into data policy and um, with Emma Doyle at NHSX at the time we work on the strategy which is called Data Save Lives, now published and kind of used across the system. Um, so yeah, throughout this journey I managed to tick probably the majority of NHS organizations and but this was also the time when COVID started and I just offered to do a few shifts at the incident room and I started as an information manager. Um, but yeah, I stayed for over two years managing the incident coordination center for COVID and for the last few months also EU exit. And this was really the time when I realized we couldn't really um, leave in a way without kind of like partners and how important it was um, to actually start working with the industry outside of the NHS. But just a kind of like message, um, thinking about my career um, for people from like minority groups, like from Eastern Europe or anyone else. Really, I think data entry, coding and importantly analytics is a great way to enter the employment market. If your first language is not English, two plus two will always be four, no matter the language of the keyboard. And despite your accent, if you press enter at the end of your query, computer will not respond that they couldn't understand. So, and also commentary under charts, it should be really all about plain language and plain English. 
And so please turn your weaknesses into your advantages. And there is no need for fancy words under some of the charts. And um, when I sometimes present my findings, I realize that perhaps my accent actually attracted attention in a way that people had to stop, concentrate, tune in, and they just continued listening. So um, admittedly, I love my bright, bright colors. So to intensify my attracting attention, I ensure that my dashboards and rag ratings um, were not as bright and I tend to use like pastel colors and they are just telling story using numbers. Yeah, thank you. That's fascinating. Thank you for sharing with us that great uh, journey. And it just shows you the opportunities they mm. seem to layer upon each other, don't they, in different areas that provide you with mm. unique insights. And uh, no, and thanks for the, the great advice. I think, you know, turning people's what they consider to be weaknesses into strengths. Mm. I think, you know, Definitely. as you mentioned as well, being different absolutely helps. I'm a great believer in that. I think you know, opening up the diversity and inclusion mm. is absolutely fundamental. But no, fascinating journey. Thanks so much for that. And, and just leading on from that as well. You know, the career you outlined is really inspiring to sort of hear. What, what have been the sort of highlights of your career so far? So there are a couple of um, interesting stories. So they're not really like highlights, but I think it's worth mentioning. So um, when I work for Drug Interventions Programme, um, this is when I really started appreciating the importance of data and data quality. And um, I wasn't given a task, but I look at our like, list of all these kind of clients, as we call them at the time. And there's like huge list with like no activities. So I thought I should better just check through it, like which clients are really like active and not active. And this is where suddenly our caseload reduced from like thousands to hundreds. And basically home office accused me at like national meeting of massaging data because they just couldn't believe that we suddenly like lost all these clients and like what have we done with them. So um, it was quite clear that the quality of the data, the cleaning of the data, identifying duplicates and actually thinking which cases are potentially closed and they still like open are really important. And yeah, it was quite rewarding when Home Office had to send an official letter of apology wow. um, to my chief officer afterwards. So yeah. so, yeah, that was one. And the other one is about data literacy. And it's like, how do we need to help people understand the data? So um, also on this um, drugs intervention program, um, I learned to do maps. So I thought, OK, I can put all of the clients in leads um, on the map and just see where are potential hotspots and where we can put some um, you know, treatment centers and when we can potentially send our like charities to kind of help uh, drug users. So I did this presentation, nice in PowerPoint. I presented to a quite large group of senior um, leaders from police and lead city council. And I just watched them with amusement because they all got really like animated. And it's like, oh my God, oh my God, we have a hotspot. It's like, we have to do something about this. And uh, it was quite clear the hotspot was actually prison. So it was only prison. So clearly they look at the hotspot without realizing the context and the location of the hotspot. So yeah, that was a good one. Oh, thanks for sharing those. So two really important things around the importance of, of data quality, absolutely, which is fundamental, isn't it? And the data yeah. literacy, uh, which is a journey 
you need to continue yeah, pushing out. Thanks for sharing those. And, and you mentioned as well, um, when we spoke earlier, you said about you know the importance of working in partnership. The NHS can't do anything itself, has to work in partnership with the ministry. You have to share with us some of the important work you're, you're doing with IBM. You mentioned about this last week about the UK HSA, the Health Security Agency, I believe, and the yeah, data you right. share the work you're doing there. Yeah, so I joined IBM because it stuck with me what Ming said about working closer and closer with external partners. And of course, um, when COVID started, uh, myself and my team, we entered like the first UK COVID case with a pen on a whiteboard. And within weeks, we have realized that our Excel spreadsheet and local systems are not going to cope with all the intelligence we needed. So yeah, this is where we did have, um, you know, with help from Palantir and Faculty AI, we actually ended up with some fancy dashboards. And um, so yeah, when occasionally we're getting calls from number 10 asking for a good numbers, um, soon we didn't have to give the numbers because everything was accessible uh, via dashboards. So yeah, the, the help from industry was amazing, especially when I created the EU exit cell. And of course there was no data, but your colleagues from NHS, NHS Digital and Palantir were just super slick to actually making all of this, these changes happen. Um, but yeah, it was during this time that I was introduced to what I thought a mentor, and this is like the importance of the importance of people in your um, during your career. And um, Claire Mortimer from um, IBM, who is a data analytics and AI lead, and yeah, we talk about my love for data and um, how, in a way, I was a little bit tired of answering questions only about the data. And I thought, can someone ask me some other questions? Can I be given a slightly different project? Little I knew that a few months later I was going to join um, IBM and uh, Claire acted 100% of my feedback and my ambition to develop. So my first project was actually on cybersecurity. Um, so thinking about different language, I was here a bit of a translator between the NHS and, and the industry, trying to um, utilize some of the knowledge uh, our experts had on cybersecurity and my understanding how the NHS really works. But yeah, IBM, it's all about like rethinking, refueling, recharging, and it's all about working smarter, allowing really technology to support healthcare. Um, so this is actually even applicable to workforce. So it's 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 quite amazing that as part of our social value commitments, um, we do share some of our knowledge and delivering training to our colleagues, also from the NHS and also from like public sector. But yes, one of the projects is with um, Health Security Agency. Um, and we do have a number of partnerships, of course, like we bring like the best organizations to work with us. Um, but during COVID, a number of platforms have been created at last minute. Um, and it was necessity and not really like questions. It was time to consolidate it. So for the last few months, uh, we've been focusing on developing the new strategic enterprise and analytics platform for UK Health Security Agency. And it's really to like prepare for and prevent and respond to any threats uh, to health across the nation. But it's also about enabling connectivity between health partners globally and UK wide. And also it's about the trusted research environment. So of course, analysts can't really work without some proper like research environment. So when it's been amazing. It's been like bringing together four platforms across Public Health England, JBC, Tez and Trace, 150 data sources. I'm working on 244 feeds. They are feeding currently 75 dashboards. 
So, of course, we will work on trying to reduce the burden um, on the system and trying to come up with some smart ways of actually linking all of this information together. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's fascinating. And it's fair to say, Rina, on your journey, your career through, you've probably faced sort of many barriers and challenges. And what's been your strategy for sort of overcoming those barriers and, and overcoming failure? What's been your strategy you've employed? So I had one project that I thought I failed, but I have realized that I've done all I could and I followed all of the principles with information given at the time. So it was never a failure. It was just a lesson for me and for similar projects moving forward. But my way to overcome any failure is to smile. I think it's a curve that just makes everything straight. And um, one thing I really like about IBM is the kind of be equal campaign. But for me, it's like my own like empowerment to actually feeling equal, but at the same time making everyone equal. And this is now applicable to the industry. So suddenly we became equal. Uh, you know, we're working with the NHS. And yeah, it's been just great experience over the last um, few years, especially since COVID. That's really great advice. And, and in short, uh, finally, just a shout out. I mean, who are the top three on your, your, your journey, your voice through, mm. and the different roles that you've had? Who would be the sort of top three people that have influenced you the most? So, of course, my analytical world started just with data, but proper analytics with public health and observatory team and them giving me opportunity to do my MSc. So it's definitely Brian Ferguson and Jake Abbas, who was an analyst, and now he's like managing a number of teams in public health England. And I look forward to working with him shortly on the UK HSA platform. Uh, but admittedly, it's Ming, and it's a funny story because... I guess Mink meant to be my kind of mentor. And when we came to a meeting, this is when I handed my resignation and joined policy team rather than analytics. But I think Mink was always a super active listener. And she done a lot of work with junior staff like myself at the time in the background and bringing us to all of these like stories at the top. Um, so, yeah, I admire also how like Mink every year does something different outside of work, like not work related um, which is great. And yeah, the person who brought me to IBM is, is really clear. Her random conversation, 30 minutes chat, uh, again, highlights having people around you who are good listeners, who are empowering to do what you do, who are challenging you at the same time and giving you constructive feedback um, really allows you to flourish. And I just wish yeah, that we all could have um, similar bosses. That's fantastic. And I find that, that brings me on to kind of things outside of work, you know, outside of your passion for making a positive impact and being an analyst at heart. What do you do outside of that to all right? I love traveling. We just had a conversation about Crete. But yeah, you can really find me on the beach running at sunrise or having a barbecue at sunset. Usually it's something to do with numbers. So if the sunrise is at 606, I will be up. If it's at 707, I will be up as well. Um, but yeah, at home, I love decorating some of my houses um, as part of my Houses on High Heels ambition. Um, all houses having red doors and wallpaper with bees to continue my be happy adventure, be equal adventure that IBM runs. But yeah, I'm a skiing and fitness lover. Total Warrior is next. Um, but I'm also a former double county champion in tennis. So I'm very excited about IBM's slump tracker at Wimbledon 
delivering experience to tennis fans with this sport analytics technology because now we have the Polish girl Iga Świątek who is the is currently ranked world number one. Fantastic. Thank you. No, really lovely to hear and thanks for sharing your, your, your career journey. Some amazing sort of takeaways there, you know, from the importance of equality and inclusion. I think absolutely comes through and you know, championing diversity, really, really powerful messages coming through and turning your kind of what people perceive to be a sort of weaknesses into opportunities and, and look for those mentors, you know, not just in the NHS, but in the industry and look for those opportunities, but really inspiring story. And finally, just to finish off, how can we get hold of you or follow you on Twitter? What, what's, as they call it, your Twitter handle? Oh, I love my Twitter family. I'm looking forward to going to all the conferences to find people that you've actually tweeted about. Um, so, yes, I am on Twitter, Karina Guy, and I'm also on LinkedIn uh, when I'm posting some of the stories about uh, diversity, inclusion, be equal, the work IBM does, but also the work my amazing colleagues at NHS do. And of course, it's all like the Analyst X is just a fabulous initiative. It's just bringing us all together in one place, all the new friends. So, yeah looking forward to more and more events and sharing some useful insights. Great. Well, thank you very much for joining AMX Speaker. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much. So I'd like to thank our speaker for joining us today and for everybody else tuning in to this podcast. Uh, look forward to seeing you in the future.